Oh, he's such a pretty baby boy. A lovely colleague of mine commented upon the birth of my first son. Pretty, another friend retorted, eyebrows raised with a slight grimace. Oh, please, the baby is a boy. Don't start attributing femininity to him. I looked at their faces in turn and smiled. I was too weak to hand down my point of view concerning what they were in dispute about. At that moment, I knew that this was a topic I had to write about someday. Welcome to another beautiful episode of the Thursdays Podcast. I'm your host, Warda Abbas, and today we are going to be talking about toxic masculinity. Once upon a visit to a children's store, I found myself asking questions about the true definition of masculinity. There is no denying that products intended for baby boys always contain elements of machismo, emphasizing characteristics that send messages suggesting that they have to be tough courageous, aggressive, and emotionless beings to be truly called men. Whether it's an action hero like Hancock or an awkward badass guy like Woodring Heights Act Etcliffe, the general representations of masculinity tend to send in toxic ideas to our boys, teaching them that it is okay to express destructive anger and that repressing their emotions is the only way that women can find them attractive. Media officials and TV producers have over the years successfully drawn a line of disparity between character traits that were once shared by both genders. Animations like Barbie or Cinderella are for girls, while Mortal Kombat and Superman are for boys. In a time where toxic ideas of masculinity are becoming downright overwhelming, there is a need for a healthier and a more balanced role, and this becomes increasingly crucial. Our generation is currently dealing with men who no longer possess the skills to cope with difficulty and adversity, let alone manage a crisis. The more connected they are to the world, the more chronically lonely they become. Almost a decade ago, for example, when 23-year-old Abdul Muttalab tried to blow up a Detroit-bound airplane on Christmas Day as part of a plot by Al-Qaeda's affiliates in Yemen, I was devastated. The incident shocked me into researching the background of that young man who was born and raised in a wealthy family. One of his former British teachers described Abdul Muttalab as a dream student. The engineering department of the University College London also described him as well-mannered and quietly spoken. I'm not blaming his parents or anyone in particular for the deplorable acts that he committed, but this could just be a case where one cannot but ask the question, where did he learn to become a man? The reality for most boys growing up is the same. Fathers who are supposed to teach virtue, character, or responsibility 
are both physically and, emo- and emotionally distant, leaving a gap to be filled by, unfortunately, just anybody. If they aren't under the influence of the media or the internet, then the helpless boys who have no other option but to run into the arms of the wolves who teach the wolves how to become wolves. After that, they emerge as chronic psychopaths under the guise of tough men who don't cry but act tough all the time and then show violence when angry or insulted. In one of the back episodes of Women's AM on Islam, on Islam channel titled Do We Have Our Brothers Backs? The episode was aired on Islam channel in December 2015 featuring the host Mayamin Meftahi, Naima B. Roberts and a host of others. This issue was discussed. They emphasized the role of Muslim women as frontliners in catering to the needs of our men and creating a safe space for them to express their emotions positively and become better versions of themselves. They also pointed out that the mental health of our men is an issue that calls for urgent attention rather than being swept under the carpet. This is because contrary to the message being carried around in today's media, portraying women as the only victims of violence or any form of abuse, the sad reality remains that the men hurt too. Research has shown that antisocial behavior such as porn addiction and drug abuse is usually a symptom of a much deeper issue. Most boys that indulge in these things are suffering from a lack of emotional intimacy, especially with their fathers while growing up. This leads to long-term issues of mental illness, hypertension, malignant tumors, coronary heart diseases, and ultimately suicide. Our homes especially have become the most emotionally vacant spaces for our young men. Even fathers who are supposed to express healthy vulnerability hide their helplessness behind the facade of being supermen when in actuality they are dying inside. So what exactly is the new blueprint for raising modern day nights? The answer will not only be to teach our men how to better engage with themselves and exercise emotional intelligence, but it will also be to look into and celebrate the tender masculinity of the Prophet whose life remains a shining example of exceptional manhood. While examining the media and societal portrait of toxic masculinity is necessary, Condemning them without offering a healthy alternative would only lead to more toxic men in the next generation. 
The almost universal belief that to cry or show emotion is unmanly was described differently by the Prophet Once when he was handed his son who was dying, his eyes flooded with tears. His companion Saad bin Abu Wakos then asked him, What is this, O Prophet of God? The Prophet replied, This is a mercy that the Almighty has made in the hearts of his servants. And surely, 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 God has been merciful to the merciful ones among his servants. Again, once while a villager was present, Prophet Muhammad kissed his grandsons on the forehead. At that, the villager said with surprise, I have ten children and I have never kissed any of them. The Prophet looked at him and said, He who does not have mercy will not have he who does not have mercy will not be shown mercy. He also emphatically stated that if a man loves his brother in faith, he should tell him that he loves him. Contrary to another widely held myth of masculinity, the Prophet's wife Aisha reported that the Prophet وسلم, used to walk around the house. He used to stitch his clothes he used to milk the goats. He used to help in the chores inside the house. Most importantly, there exists the widespread idea that a man should be tough, as gentleness is only feminine and, un- and unmanly. This is against the ethics brought by the Prophet as he once stated that Allah is gentle and that he loves gentleness. He gives for gentleness what he does not give for harshness, nor anything else. He also stated in another narration that he who is deprived of gentleness is deprived of good. The Prophet cried when he needed to. He cried without being ashamed. He invested in all of his relationships not just romantic ones. He healthily expressed his emotions. He respected boundaries, as well as he committed to personal and communal growth. And yes, he wasn't afraid of male intimacy. He hugged and kissed his friends and relatives. Unfortunately, this gentleness taught by the Prophet is found wanting in our definition of masculinity. Isn't it time to follow in the footsteps of the Prophet rather than Hollywood gangsters? This is indeed food for, food for thought for every one of us, Muslim women, to consider when raising our sons, and Muslim men to unlearn all the toxic traits that they had imbibed in the past. Let us look into what Islam says about masculinity, just so 
our society and our communities will be better. We have come to the end of today's episode of the Thursdays podcast. Thank you very much for listening in. Next week, inshallah, we'll be talking about another very interesting topic. Don't forget to subscribe to this um, podcast. And don't forget to leave your comment or like this podcast or like this episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.